What's going on? Hey, man. How's it going? It's just the two of us this time. Just the two of us. You can make it if, if you try. try. Just the two of us. And the future is out, folks. It remains the case. Um, I'd love to tell you otherwise, but it's merely the facts as I see them. We're calling spades spades here. We're calling balls and strikes. The future is out, and we're here for episode five. Uh Hell yeah. How are you doing, Mac? I'm How's doing pretty what's good. Going, what's going on with you? Not much. I'm pretty stoked that, like, after some doing, we're on fucking Apple Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. How about that? You may well be listening to us on Apple Podcasts, in which case, God bless you. And please subscribe. Please like and subscribe. Do the... What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to give us five blood stars. Sacrifice? Oh, five stars. Five stars. Okay. Yeah, blood sacrifice. Well, that's for... Our, that will be for our forthcoming Patreon. So don't worry about that. But uh, anyway... Uh, uh, this is what our show is about. Our show is about a, uh, just basically the concept of the future being this thing that's always, uh, by merit of its of the very definition of the word, something that's coming around the pike. And yet, we find ourselves living, you know, amidst some very futuristic things, such as you know robots that you know twerk and and <laughs> dance, which you know we'll be talking about later. Uh, uh, driverless cars, so on and so forth. It's happening right now. So let's. I think the thesis of this show is before the future, you know, gets to get away and be something that we can discuss in theoretical terms as stuff to come. Let's talk about the future that's already happened to us and, you know, give our raw assessment. Yeah. That's the future is now. The future is occasionally ow. 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 All right. Um, cool. Yeah. So speaking Mac, what that, do you think about that? No, it sounds good to me. Well, speaking of like the future, something that's in the near future right now, we're both in Brooklyn. Apparently, we're about to be able to go back to the movie theater. Woo! Yeah, yo. Woo-hoo. I'm about to pop my fucking, my, 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 um, my polarized, uh, cardboard 3D glasses on and get some popcorn and some chicken tenders mm. and go back to the movies and see, I don't know, what else, what's coming out even? We'll go see Tenet. Tenet, yeah. I think the new James Bond is coming out. It was like delayed for like a year or yeah, something. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll go see Wonder Woman. No, whatever. Wonder Woman was on. They Wonder put Woman on 84 streaming. came out. I heard it was, you know, well, I, bleep. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so movies are coming back, folks, here in New York um, by decree of Andrew Cuomo. It's all good. Everything's normal. And you can go to the movies again. However, I, I happen to see this today. The United States has surpassed 500,000 deaths. Um, I do believe that's more than Americans than died in the Civil War. Let me get to do a quick number crunch on that. Okay, we're shy 120,000, but check back in like three months and we'll we'll be there. So the United States is, re- I mean, it's I don't mean to be glib. I mean, it's it's quite it's it's really horrific. I mean, we've had to, not to start off on such a dire note, but it's just something that demands. Uh, I mean, I I think it's something that's been like sort of. I don't know, people are shying away from talking about because it's very hard to comprehend. But yeah, we've had 500,000 deaths in this country. 
uh, in the past year, 500,000 people that would otherwise be alive. Um, for some context, this is by far the highest number, the highest death toll of any one country. Granted, we're a big country, but we're not the biggest country. Um, for reference, Brazil, which has a population um, not quite as big as ours, but it's it's uh, approaching, has half the number of deaths, was 246 as of the time of this recording, 246,000 um, compared to our 500,000. And for another quick statistic, the United States accounts for fully 20% of global COVID-19 deaths, yeah. despite our 4.25% 4, 4 of the global population. So we're we're 4% of the global population and we're 20% of the deaths. Yeah. I think that's something you have to reckon with about like how badly we've just bungled yeah. and I don't know. I, I well go ahead, Mac. Yeah, no, well I'm, I was just going to say like I really have on this truly nothing pithy or like fun to say. We really just yeah, it's fucked this up horrific. and it's a fucking tragedy. And I think that like um you know, because of so many factors, we've had to live with this as a daily reality that like we don't really reconcile with it too often but it's like this is this is a once in a generation type of tragedy and it's it's fucked and so please and we're not done with it so it's like you know if you can stay at home wear your fucking mask and like get the vaccine if you can you know that's that's all i got yeah say. for sure i mean yeah and like i've heard it also said that like you know the, i think everyone was like oh this has been so poorly this has been so mishandled but then i've heard it also said by some commentators and i think there's a lot of credit to this it's like really hasn't been it's in fact it's been like it's sort of worked out perfectly because the people who are dying are the people who are like more or less expendable and like the wealthy and the people who are you know in the halls of power have died i mean grant or have not died have been fine i mean think of how many congressmen i mean fucking chuck grassley i don't know if you know who truck chuck grassley is he's like the 90 year old senator from senator from iowa right who got covid he's 87 and i didn't just, know he got covid he bounced right the fuck back it's like clearly there's some special stuff Chris yeah. christie got it trump dude trump, trump got, got it <laughs> and he was up and cracking <laughs> yeah and he was back at it like he was like he was like you know he was like doing the nene on the fucking <laughs> stage like right after he got it because he was on those special steroids clearly the point is like they were like okay a certain amount of people are expendable and like as long as the economy keeps pumping like it's worth it i don't know i mean i'm not trying to be like a conspiratorial freak or whatever but i don't know it's just it is dispiriting and it certainly seems like there's a lot of people who, most of the people who died were people that don't have always been you know in the margins at best of you know people's actuarial tables in in a in congress or the other halls of power so i don't know I, I granted you know we'll all be back in the movie theater and just you know yucking it up soon <laughs> in yeah. order to forget but it's it's really bad i mean it's pretty sad and i'm sure most of you listening has know at least one person who's died so not yeah. to set things off on too grim a tone but i, I wanted to m just mention that we've passed this you know uh, grim milestone as has been yeah. said before um, but let's move on to some other stuff that's been cracking in the lower 48, um, these past week or two. Uh, what did we want to talk about first, Mac? I guess let's talk about, um, 
some the meteorological event that's been afflicting your 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 home state, yeah, the Lone Star State. You want to let's Star state. what's what's cracking down? What's cracking down there? Well, I hear it's been quite cold. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much just like as anyone listening probably knows, like Texas had um, this is a week prior to when we're recording, but one of the the still ongoing, no, no. It's less bad now. Um, from they are like recovering and like it, but for a while it was that like there was a really bad um, winter storm that was like sort of unprecedented. And um, because of a lot of reasons that we'll get into, um, like the infrastructure for power just like completely failed. And so like millions of people, like all my family and like my friends were out of power for some time and some people were out of power for almost a week. Yeah. So wait, um, can I interrupt? Like, so, okay. So you, you grew up in Houston, yeah. like what of your friends and family, like what was the worst that anyone had it? Like, was anyone like, like three days in the, in the freezing cold or like what, well, what was the sitch? So luckily, I mean, I'll preamble this by saying that like, um, I come from a pretty privileged situation. So it's like, like the same things we were talking about COVID is that like the worst of this was definitely was the people who took the blunt were people in like, who always take the blunt, right? Lower income. Yeah. Homeless people, people for sure. But everything. even like my family and like also my friends, you know, they were out of power for multiple days. One of my friends, like for context, like Texas is like never gets cold. And like when my friends was like his, room was like 48 degrees for like multiple days that's pretty uh, which is fucked uh, but it's pretty brisk w- w- uh, but also it's like um you know i get like regular updates from like council members and stuff from texas and like because and it's complicated but because like there was no power um like the water supply centers lost power and so they weren't able to get like clean drinking water to people and so yeah. literally there was like there was a water shortage in one of like the wealthiest cities in the country where it's like people had to go they and were get boiling like bottles, their water yeah boiling their water and like you had to go and get like rations of bottles of water from like just like essentially like emergency centers i also and, saw there were like yeah. unchecked there were just like fires happening in like austin and houston and like the fire department just like had to stand by and watch people's houses burn down because they didn't couldn't. Know that. Yeah, because there were like massive water main failures. I think probably because pipes were freezing and breaking. Yeah. Um, is speculation, but I assume that's that's probably why, or just because of power failures that like you know, re- like crippled the infrastructure at, at like at the source. Yeah. But I was seeing like on Twitter and stuff like people's just like standing outside their homes or like their neighbors homes and just watching them burn to the ground for whatever reason and the fire trucks are all there but they can't do anything because there's no water in the pipes i mean i don't i don't i don't i don't disbelieve that i mean it really was like from everything i'm hearing from people there and just reading is that like it is like a game of dominoes where it's like just one thing like a critical infrastructure fell and then the next just like toppled on top of it and like you ended up having almost overnight just like every basic necessity just become endangered and like there's a big like i mean not a wake-up call because like people did die but it was like sort of a wake-up call because so far people have recovered and it's like doing well but it's like you had granted a very unusual like it is very this we haven't seen this type of like this cold in texas in like almost 100 years no well let me back let me jump in and not to not to cross swords with you right right away but if if i recall in 2011 there was like a massive there was a major event wherein there was 
ice storms and like really un- unprecedentedly cold weather. This was only 10 years ago. And you had a, a similar situation, but to a much less, um, less intense degree. And that prompted um, calls for the electrical grid to be weatherized that were more or less ignored, as I understand it. So, yeah. I mean, I don't I, know. Do you remember? I mean, I, in 2011, do, you must yeah, have been there. I do remember, I mean, you remember it, was, it was being cold? It was nowhere near the scale of course, this, but though, it was is like the is a thing. Right, right, but there was, like, a, a cold snap that caused, like, a relative, uh, you know, havoc. Clearly not to the same degree. It's a, but it's like, a difference in scale. I mean, like, for what it's worth, their context, like, if you guys but understand, it's not like, like no one saw this, could have saw, seen this coming. in Texas was, like, it was equivalent of, of that level of disaster in the last like week, yeah, which was been a massive, which disaster. was, which was like, yeah, you can definitely, you can definitely make the case that like the warning signs are there. I mean, th- this is the thing, right? Is that like, yeah, if you're building like infrastructure in any place, this can all be avoided. Like, for example, if you were like the person in charge in Texas and like you built like your stress level Greg to accommodate, Abbott. like, fucking yeah don't get me started on greg abbott but <laughs> well he's you, the guy who's in it, charge but if you but if you like if you built your stress level to accommodate say like let's say there's like for example one percent chance that this happens and i think it's less than that but let's say it's one percent i think it's like, greater it's than still, that it's, it's happened still, twice in 10 years <laughs> right not to this extent but the point is is like is like is it worth it as a society to like plan for that and i think texas clearly they're eating their shoe for it is that like they decide that like it's not worth it because it's such a low probability but it's like then when you do have these like things happen then you're pretty fucked because everything well, just falls one after well the let's other. go into it because yeah let's well that's a, you're right but let's i think it's important to identify who like who are the stakeholders here to whom is it worth it who would be doing the spending and who's doing the suffering <laughs> you know when you get when you roll the snake eyes that you weren't expecting right. like you like texas just did um, this past week and as i understand it it seems that this is, it has a bit uh, let's dive a little bit into history so basically the electrical grid which is just like you know the sort of uh, the the undergirding structure the grid as the name clearly states um that like serves power to this gigantic country of ours there's three so there's the whole east coast mm-hmm. the whole west coast and the Lone Star State. And there's fucking Texas, baby. And why is Texas its own on its own power grid that is not subject to federal oversight of any kind? You may ask. Well, basically, it um, dates back to the year 1935, I think, where, um, or rather when, um, some New Deal era programs un- established something called the Federal Power act or rather the federal power act which was a law that was put into place by the um roosevelt administration in 1935 i believe if i'm correct um and that created the federal power commission which was in charge of overseeing state electricity sales because obviously you have grids that cover you know half the country there's a lot of electricity that's being generated by private power plants and then like you know put onto a grid that serves various communities and it's going to cross states um but texas was like you know you know they're feeling their oats and they're like right. i don't know if we want to have these jackbooted federales uh controlling our power so they created their own grid that covers strictly the state of texas 
um, and is subject to oversight from no one but the state of Texas. Well, okay, can I just jump in for a yeah, second there? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't mean to, like, uh, I don't know, like, caricaturize the situation over much, but it is basically the case that, like, Texas is its own power grid, right. and it's also been a power grid that has operated, if I can just give one last, like, little bit of context, you know, they have a system in which individual producers compete for, um, for uh, uh, like, they basically are selling their electricity on the open market and it's bought by consumers. And therefore there's an incentive not to overproduce. There's an incentive not to produce the sort of like backup supply that I think is pretty much regular in most and in the other two grids. So when like something unprecedented does happen, they're caught with their fucking so, pants down. Yeah. So basically back in for a second. So yeah, I mean, no disagreeing with the history, but like in the federal like the national grid right part of the reason as i understand why this exists right is that like if you're like a smaller state you're banking on the case that like if a disaster like this does happen or you just have some reason why you lack of supply you can tap into like some other state who has like an excess yeah. and then like there's a safety valve there right why right. it's a bit different with texas um right or wrong is that like so let's say that like for example there's a lot of small states in the united states who are big energy producers but there's also texas is one of them right, right. yeah but there's also a lot of states who are like low energy producers like new york but sure. are high energy consumers uh-huh. right and that's part of the reason why like having a national grid makes sense is because for like sure, you yeah. want to be able to like you know yeah, if you, you ma- make all, all the supply you want someone who has the demand in texas you have a sort of unique situation where it's like Obviously, there's a lot of oil and natural gas, but it also leads the country in wind and solar energy as well. There's an excess of dim- of supply for energy, but you also have – it's like the second most populous state. So that is all – Is it like, the second most populous state? It is after California. And so you have like – you have a you have a demand for this as well, which is why – That's right. Which is why like the – at least like the understanding of this goes is that like – it makes sense in that degree for them to be separate because it's like they can be self-sustaining and to what you were saying about all these people competing on the open market. That's not why they were like, it was that I don't think that was the rationale. I think it part, it partly was. It was, I think it was because they didn't want federal oversight. Well, it's, it's, it's one in the same though, because part of the reason why there's no federal oversight, like for example, right? Like my family, like since I was like five or six has like bought, has used wind energy and you can do that it's in New like, York state though. Right. But it's I like, mean. but the, there is like, it, and it's a very like, you know, free market, like fucking libertarian sort of ethos, but it's like, you have, you just, you just do have like a lot more options of like energy in Texas as a consumer than you do other places. But that comes with trade-offs, right? Because, because <laughs> everyone's like so freezing to death hy- in your own home when, right. Well, because <laughs> when a weather event everyone's takes so place, hyper competitive, you don't have, an incentive to like have a supply in the back in reserve yeah and that works fine until you have like we're talking about the low probability chance that eventually will happen right where you're fucked and like that's what happened here was that like the energy like like usually works quite well and is quite cheap in in texas but when you have a situation that's like a low probability which has now happened twice in 10 years 
Right, yeah. but I, w- I would press you though. It's like I was living there ten years ago, and like this was not right. But not we're also living in a wor- in a situation where climate climactic events such as these are going right. to happen worse. They're going to be more so frequent, and they're going to well, have a worsening intensity. So I did. I mean, that is obviously true, right? But however, I would press you though because I was reading on this a lot, and it's like this, these like specific like spikes in like really cold events. It's not saying that it isn't attributed to climate change, but the science is like unsettled yet about like <laughs> whether or not. Sure. Well, there's no way to settle it. There's no settling to be done. It's just something that is so diffuse. I mean, but I think you can make a prediction that, and you would make a lot of money if you could find a betting market that would take your dollar to say that like out of the norm, weather events, be they hot or cold are going to happen with increasing frequency. Um, as time goes on and right. i think that's just like uh, something that you could i guess you could deny you could try to make a case that it has no has just completely coincidental to climate change but that doesn't hold well, much water with me th- let me th- let me th- can i if i may yeah. well sorry i don't mean to cut I, you off i was just the only thing i was to say the better obvious case for that right is that houston and all of like the gulf coast in texas has like really suffered in the last like since i was born from like hurricanes and like that is something well, those where are that's, happening much that's more, where yeah. it's like the the science is sound where it's like yeah this is directly attributed to the changing climate and like in combination with like the infrastructure and the politics not suiting it well you have a situation where in houston for example literally like not even big storms but like just a general thunderstorm leaves like huge flooding that fucks people over well so houston was like basically like uh, as a city same with like new orleans to a degree too it's just like a big bowl that they decided to just pave if new orleans and so is it just bowl, collects Houston water is like a flat concrete slab that's and the there's thing no, and yeah there's, there's nowhere, nowhere for the water, for the water to, to go to. and it's it has like huge consequences that are being seen now i think so just like, to put it in practical terms though i think one thing that's like an un you know there's everyone has an opinion about this shit but something that's definitely not controversial at all is that, like, in Texas, if they're not going to be on the national grid, they should at least have a fucking reserve supply that's sufficient. You would think. Of well, energy. Can I, let me read an art. Let me read a quote now because you just mentioned that from this ProPublica pro article about the situation in Texas, um, which is referencing the system under which, uh, you know, Texas operates that is sort of unique to itself and, uh, you know, separate from the two other West and East Coast power grids. So I'll, I'll read now from ProPublica, quote, But under this system, power companies aren't required to produce enough electricity to get the state through crises like the one last week. In fact, they are incentivized to ramp up generation only when dwindling power supplies have driven up prices. Right. Other states with deregulated power markets, including California, have made reforms and added additional safeguards after experiencing similar catastrophes. Yeah. End quote. So it does seem it's like true. it's just like sort of this orgiastic uh, free market thing where a lot of companies are making a lot of money. And, you know, like what you just said, which seems like a common sense thing of like, let's just keep like, you know, a little pot on the back burner for yeah. when shit goes haywire. They're like, well, eh, to prove, we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens now. But to, like <laughs> to, to prove the point even further, it's like, so uh, like, I, like my family has like a ranch in like um, Southeast Texas and it happens to be in a place where there's a lot of like natural gas. And if you go there, um, it is this like crazy site because all day, every day 
there is like a giant flame that looks like the sun that's constantly burning and what it is it's like burning off like excess gas excess gas because like for them there's so much supply and there's no incentive to make a reserve that it's cost effective for them to just burn it off is that legal <laughs> well, like that's a that's EPA that's a qu- legal. That's because what are they burning off? Are they burning runoff? Yeah, but what is the? Is it methane? Is it? Uh, so from what I understand, and someone can correct me, but it's it's unrefined crude and unrefined natural gas. So I think that's how they're able to get away with it because it hasn't doesn't. But seem it's it's great. not it's not <laughs> good, it's not good. For, like when you have like fucking get like fossil fuels being just a hundred percent of the day burned into the atmosphere it's not good for your health doesn't seem like it's um, good for and yeah. it's like you know that you, so what i'm saying is like that could be like stored it would lose some of its energy value but it could be stored and used later but it's just the way the system is set up is that like it's more cost effective for these companies to just say fuck it we're gonna burn yeah it's it almost it seems like leaving these things that are critical to the survival of the human race to the market for just like individual uh you know free actors to decide what and what works best for their pocketbook is not like the wisest means to uh to proceed That's but uh crazy you know talk, i know i'm just uh, i don't know i'm just spitballing here <laughs> uh anyway let's move on uh we, you know we, we we've been lingering in texas you know cooling our heels uh in the in the cantinas and saloons of el paso and you know in the larger the largest lone star state let's move west to uh palo alto where um i don't want to linger too long on this matt because we do have a big show today but it, it appears to me and you can tell me more about this google fired their second ai ethicist in the past like three months yeah so what what, what exactly what, what was going on there I, yeah. I don't like the notion of google firing ethicists as ai is concerned that's yeah. i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling uh i'm having a you know uh you know skynet Seem, seems a bit at odds with the whole don't be evil concept that they had a while ago i think they, they've retired that they've long since retired that notion basically yeah just a quick little summary though is like yeah, um so i think it's around december there was a AI ethicist researcher. Um, I'm not going to say her name because I, I'm going to butcher it. But um, essentially, like what she was she was bringing up that there was like disparities with like how some of their technology affects people of color and women. Mm-hmm. And um, her name was, by the way, just because I, I looked it up real quick. Timnit Gebru. Yes. I believe she was uh, like East African. Yeah. Or perhaps Somali. And so there's a little bit of it where it's like uh the the sh- the cliff notes of it was Google saw that and they're like uh, shut the fuck up you're fired, but <laughs> <laughs> but to get that out of the way the rationale of it was that like she was sending internal documents well they like, blocked- outside outside of like the organization well, well real quick was was this Gebru who was fired two weeks ago or two months ago this was two months ago yeah the new person her last name is Mitchell I forget yeah Margaret Mitchell so here's real quick if I may like from this is from a Financial Times article. Margaret Mitchell was fired due to, quote, this is Financial Times quoting Google, multiple violations of Google's code of conduct, including, quote, exfiltration of confidential business sensitive documents and private data of other employees. So that seems a little similar grounds. Yeah, it was the same thing. But she was she was talking about similar concepts, right, where she was from what I've read is that like it was she was looking into similar things of like racial and gender disparity in the company. Which has been a big topic of like, um, you know, there was a huge Google walkout several years ago where people were were upset about this, and it was a big 
foundational reason of why like Google just formed the first like tech union a month ago. It's union and asterisk because it's voluntary and it doesn't include sure but Um, yeah but granted it's sort of a union but yeah and 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 what's interesting or just like funny i guess is that like she was officially fired we're recording this on tuesday she was officially fired on like sunday and um, on on last friday like hours before this happened google said that they were doing a restructuring of their ai ethics team Mm. And and it was like I think they were trying to avoid this, but then it's like, okay, and it, it speaks to a bigger issue, right? Of like, not just Google, but Google's the guinea pig here. But it's like these big companies, um, clearly they're having their own employees and like the general public, like us, having issues with the way they 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 treat like gender and racial issues. They're like, look, we didn't start this ethics department for you guys to like give us a hard time about. <laughs> doing shit ethically all right so why don't you fall in line or yeah. fuck off but it's like how if like i don't know how who is in charge there that thinks that like to continue doing the same thing that pissed people off is gonna make things better because it's clearly not right uh, yeah but i think it's, it's what what is clear is that like look they do these things as sort of window dressing you know they do an ethics department and like i'm sure there are people who care who really are invested in this it's not like totally cynical but it's also like okay when it when it comes time to start like what priorities can be sent can be you know jettisoned it's like ethics is number one like okay if it comes between doing stuff that conflicts with our ethics department or doing stuff that you know i don't know sets back our timeline for like critical projects that we're working on like who's gonna go yeah i I don't think it's like it's like okay finger to your nose well that's been a big thing (laughs) i think you know who's who's getting the who's being shown the door well so many of the people this has been a criticism internally of so many of these companies is that like respect respectable people will be hired to do these like ethics jobs and stuff <laughs> and then instantly but then quit they're, or but be they're fired. not listened to at all like they yeah. essentially just they're, like they're there and they're like everyone horses, says yeah. we're listening to you and then they just do the opposite and then you're like okay well why the fuck am i here to begin with yeah right? they're fucking hot they're like they're 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 bought they're they're hostages essentially but i would and, and then we'll move on but i think it, it's like i think definitely an area to like keep an eye on just because um like jonah mentioned the union is like an asterisk by it but whether it's like a capital u union or not like there is this Mm. shift in like tech companies recently where it's like a lot of people um who are like working their day-to-day are starting to feel like empowered to like say like stand up against like where the direction of these companies are going and it's going to be interesting to see like how much sway they actually have uh, because i think it's unclear how it's going to pan out right now. i agree um all right last quick hit um we've done these are some longer quick hits today but you know a lot of owl a lot of owl yeah don't worry guys uh there's also good stuff happening it's it's on a different podcast um <laughs> <laughs> one thing you hit me to mac so there's been like an ongoing thing about uh amazon work speaking of unions amazon workers trying to unionize specifically in alabama mm-hmm. People, at a warehouse in alabama. yeah at a warehouse um and amazon has pioneered a really really i have to say uh, a very uh you know outside of the box strategy of i'm gonna quote now from payday report which is a, a website that covers like labor uh labor disputes um <laughs> quote amazon is doing something that labor observers have never seen before in a union election they're offering a two thousand dollar quote resignation bonus to quit end quote 
So essentially, they're just like, hey, if you're like one of these people who's like kind of being uppity about a union, what if we just gave you two or three grand, depending, to just quit? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, we'll even hire you back after the after the union vote is over. We'll give you your job back and you can keep the three grand. So they're really just they're really squirming left and right to get out of a, Dude, you know, it's great. I mean, like, I feel like. This is more of your territory normally, Jonah, yeah. but it's like Amazon, I've covered this for like like a year now, and it's like, <laughs> they're just like so bad about this shit because like, for example, this is like last year, like Vice reported on the fact that like Amazon had literally hired the Pinkertons, which I didn't even know still existed. But they're like a private they do. A Pinkerton guy. killed a Trump guy. Do you remember that? No. In Colorado or in Denver, yeah, there was like a shooting at a thing, and it was a, a Pinkerton just like fucking airhold this guy who tried to Whoa. mace him. He was like some Crazy. Trump biker. Anyway, yeah, the Pinkertons are st- are still out there, but folks. Yeah, so they hired them to essentially, not essentially, explicitly to like quash labor organizations within the greater Amazon network, and like separately too. It's like Whole Foods, which is now owned by Amazon. There was like news last year that Amazon had created like these heat maps for each Whole Foods across the country, right. which essentially like they could like using AI and like other shit, like could figure out like how likely a place was to unionize and then devote resources to squash it. And you know what the main metric was? It was like the proportion of the workforce at a given Whole Foods that was like black or brown right. or people of color. So we're like, all right, if we've got like a bunch of like white, white, like, college students we can probably chill <laughs> yeah um it's, true, it's like it's pretty much it's pretty amazing because it's just like all you if you had any doubts about like the validity or rather like whether or not you should support unions broadly speaking it's just like amazon's making it very clear because they're yeah. like yeah this is the one thing that sticks in our craw and we're literally just shoveling money at yeah. the problem to make it go away well Am- amazon is like somewhat unique i guess in like the the tech players in the sense that, like, yeah, they're a, like, quote, tech company, but they're also, like, about as, like, old, like, early turn of the 20th century, like, what's the term for it? Like, fucking just, like, industrial, like, worker, like, work, like, slave labor. Not slave labor, but, like, you have so many, like, like manual labor well, yeah, jobs it, there it, compared it, to, like, other tech companies. Amazon is sort of unique because it's, like, one of the only, like, these, these fulfillment centers are one of the few localities or few types of work the that still remain that resemble like the shop floor of the turn of the century like nowadays everyone's like most people work in like a a lot of people well a lot of people work in like you work in a clickety clack job and you sit at a desk Mm -hmm. and you're relatively well compensated perhaps or you're like if you're if you're a precarious like low-wage worker now you work by yourself and you just are you drive your car around because you're an uber driver or you're a door dasher but Amazon is one of the few places where large quantities of people work side by side and can like sort of like compare notes and be like, hey, is this like super fucked up? Like, should we do something about this? And like, that's why it is sort of dangerous. And that's why you have Amazon just like literally throwing money at people to just quit. They're like, just go away. Just like, here's money to just go away and not do this. There is something extremely comical about the sense where they're just like, what do you how much money do you want like fuck you we'll give it to you yeah um also like jonah but i think you know we can't be too hard on them because like amazon supports raising the federal minimum wage 
Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, I'm sure that'd be the that's the exactly the type of bone that they're trying to throw, <laughs> uh, you know, to make us quiet down. I mean, I say us. I'm not a fucking. I don't work in a warehouse. God bless. I mean, anyone who does, I'm. Yeah. I sit on my ass. Respect to those people, especially during like 100%. COVID and shit, because yeah, there's been God so many them, reports seriously. of people getting like so sick and shit to give me my fucking like. What did I order off of Am- like a fucking? I just ordered uh, post-it notes today. Yeah, I ordered be like at my a door tomorrow. <laughs> like a it's fucking. Fucked. Um, what's the thing you put in front of the mic? A fucking uh, um, a pop filter. A pop filter. And I meanwhile, don't people one. are getting like fucking COVID and dying in the warehouses. So like, appreciate you guys so much. But it's also like, and then we can move on. But it is like, you know, it is interesting. Like part of the reason why like there hasn't been, I think a good question is like, why hasn't there been a big like labor uprising in the Amazon warehouses so far yet? And it's because first a myriad reasons like in a lot of places in the u.s like this is like the best job people can get which is like yeah sucks. <laughs> and it's like if you don't get that if you don't get it you're fucked like what else are you gonna do i mean yeah i mean there's a lot of reasons it's, just, it's part and parcel of the reason that there we, we have a very weak an insanely weak labor movement in this country compared to a lot of other western like relatively well-developed countries or even this country s- 60 years ago you know and there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of scholarship about that um but in any case, solidarity with any Amazon worker out there and, you know, don't take the 2000 bucks. <laughs> um, although if you do, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. Um, let's move on mm-hmm. now, Mac. What do you say? Yeah, let's uh, do it. we got a few more things we want to talk about. So there's a bit of a kerfuffle down under mm-hmm. where we've got a fucking couple of cunts who are trying to watch news on Facebook. And yet, uh, you know, they're getting a 404 era sign. What's up with that, Mike? So you're talking about Nigeria, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my Nigerian accent. Um, uh, we're talking about Australia, y'all. Australia. Um, Australia. I, Mac, I, I, I resent. Everyone knows <laughs> I was Australian. My accent's good. I'm good at accents. How so, dare you? Yeah, I'll give a brief rundown of this, and then we can talk about it. But before I do, I just want to say, um, as someone from Texas, I've always felt this way, and people have correct me, but I feel like Australians have such Texas energy. I've, like, they I do. Always, they're I, the Texas of Oceania. They're the Texas of Southeast Asia. They just don't give a fuck, and like they're kind of racist and kind of they're imperialist. All, they're all criminal. <laughs> well, yes and no, because they're like a criminal colony. I mean, they were like a bunch of British criminals who were yeah. like shipped to Australia to and left to die, and then they created like a, uh, a you know, a welfare state and surrounded somehow. by just like infinite animals that can kill them. Yeah, and <laughs> they did do they did do like a horrific genocide against Aboriginal and people and uh you know um maoris and stuff although i guess that's more of the new zealanders the kiwis back but uh yeah they don't get off scot-free don't don't let their their fun-loving nature fool you they're just as bad as as us yeah it's not all just fosters and uh kangaroo selfies but um yeah but But yeah so what's cracking there on facebook yeah so brief rundown um of what's going on um so this is about a month ago now maybe a little bit more that um the Australian government recommended that they were going to like bring forward this law that said that publishers like, you know, news publishers or anyone else who like creates news, they would be entitled to like um, get payments from Facebook and Google and anyone else who's like a tech site that's like distributing the news. Because like, as any of our listeners will know, it's like the main way that news is disseminated now is like through one of the social platforms, podcasts, right? Yeah. Through podcasts. Um, and so, this listener if you're getting your news anywhere else but right here how dare you yeah turn this podcast off and go think about what you did 
but who Sorry, also felt betrayed was the um, the tech companies because for them, um, specifically for Google and Facebook, they took this as like a direct like um, attack on their business model and like what they represented because like you know for them if you like charged for example like each link that was to a news site that's fundamentally at odds with like the way they make money currently with their business model. right so the issue was like so but basically what is that issue is that like facebook is like an aggregator of links to news sites right and uh news corp owned by richard murdoch or, or, or whatever the fuck was like hey you are just basically you're driving tons of traffic to your website off the back of links right. to journalism or stories right uh made by us broadly speaking right. and like that's sort of like you're getting a free ride so maybe we need to work out some type of compensation well yeah so b- very generally right is that like if you're a news company in the digital world where you make your money from is through ads and digital content you don't necessarily make your money through like a click right you, like it's not a direct like compensation and like what a lot of these like the, the law that was being proposed was saying is that like facebook should have to like be more directly involved or google or whoever in payment and so going to what we were saying there was that backlash and then this was a few weeks ago google specifically they were saying that like okay well if you're going to pass this law we just like won't even operate in australia and like they threatened to leave and when they threatened to leave like there was this whole thing where like microsoft came in and they were like leave because they were like if you leave then like bing will be the search engine in (laughs) australia which is like when the fuck have you used bing and there was this whole like internal shit and like google we're this is like last week when we're recording google made an agreement to stay in the country and their agreement they was that caved basically they i caved. mean to to stray yeah yeah and like so essentially they made a partnership and the context here that's worth noting is that in australia i don't have the the specific data on me but it's like somewhere around 70 percent of all the news media is owned by news corp which kangaroos. is kangaroos owned by yeah owned by by, by kangaroos with like cigars fuck in their mouths yeah, but no owned by up. news corp which is like owned by rupert murdoch he's the founder of like fox news yeah, and it's Wall Street Journal. Hegemonic. and so essentially like any like publishing laws that work in australia are going to involve news corp and news corp struck a deal with google to essentially make news this work corp, what a name yeah but and then i'll stop talking but for context talking but then like i'm almost the, there um yeah the um so google google made the deal but then facebook last week they they called the bluff i guess of the government and they were like okay we're out and they shut off like any link and like they shut off all facebook news links in the country which essentially meant that like on your daily experience as like a person in australia you didn't see any news on facebook but you also like part of the fallout of that was like we were living in a pandemic and like people all of a sudden like weren't able to get access to like coronavirus news people weren't able to get access to like stuff from like their local governments because facebook just randomly decides to say we're pulling the plug and they were out last bit of thing is like as of like literally today facebook has said that like they've reached like an agreement um to like not to like they're back but it's like they're they made an agreement to like prolong the date for the bill which suggests that like they're probably going to make a similar type of deal as google did um but it, it raises a whole bunch of interesting questions which i'm sure we'll talk about which is that like 
what happens when you have these couple companies that dictate how you view news and consume information and that at like a whim of a government all of a sudden they can just like be gone and like it changes your entire like daily interaction with like the internet yeah, it's funny because it shows it just shows how like how how much how fragile the whole sort of like house of cards where like you know we look at we see the world through this kaleidoscope of like a social media platform through which there is an article that's by like a news outlet that's owned by like a larger media company that operates like you know maybe a website that has like. 10 different news verticals and right. it's just like oh, there's so much agreement that has to happen for everything to just work out um but i mean well matt because i don't really understand this very well uh like what so the but, 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 like to, to summarize like the basic stakeholders here are like you have news corp delightfully named who are just saying like who are the people who are making money off all of these like you know Pretty much just news in general. Yeah, just news. Just the The news blob. And then you have Facebook. um, Who who claims, right, that Facebook, for what it's worth, they claim that, like, only 4% of any of their revenue comes from news. Which is fucking bullshit. I mean, that's clearly not true. Yeah, I mean, it's like, if you've been on the fucking fever swamp that is Facebook at all in the past four years, it's exclusively, like, QAnon grandmas. I mean, no, no one is... It's so funny when you see their, like, ads where it's just, like, people, like, posting, like, pics of their, like, beautiful family, like, growing and thriving <laughs> in their, like, you know, Danish open open um, format home. It's, like, the only, 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 only people left on Facebook are, like, doing a, the online intellectual version of Mad Max Resource Wars <laughs> over, like, is which, which version of QAnon they believe in, like, the actual QAnon or, like, Russiagate. Um, in any case, it seems like a bit of a, a bit of a, I don't know, a sketchy situation. I'm curious, I guess, like what it means, like what are the implications? Like, yeah, obviously there's a, there's the thing that like, you know, the internet, like I remember when I was getting online 10, 15 years ago for the first time, there were a lot of sites, like stuff was sort of dispersed. Like you could, you were kind of sample. It was like a tapas plate, you know? It was charcuterie. You could have like a little bit of a, you could have a slice of pear on crack.com and then go to MSN for a little bit of a, you know, soprasada, you know, and then have a, have a sip of um, MySpace, if you will. And now it's just like, everything is just like funneled through the, just like pulsating uh, membrane vein of one of three massive media companies or or digital or i don't even know what you call them fucking tech companies yeah and so that seems problematic um to me um but like so so what is this whole facebook kerfuffle with the the government of australia what does that have to do with us like well and what, what can we expect so a couple things i mean one like you said i think like i can remember the days where i mean i still do this because like i i read articles for a living but it's like (laughs) yeah but like i i would i would wager that like the vast majority of people are not going to like a website to like read an article you're getting it you're getting it like curated through whatever yeah an aggregator of of some kind twitter facebook um and like there's you know not to be so futures out but like that's just not changing right this is this is for a lot of reasons like this is where we're at right now um 
but what's interesting, right, is that, like, so why are we talking about Australia? Who the fuck is about Australia, right? It's, like, a country of, like, several million people. Yeah, it's, like, the size of New Jersey. It's interesting because, like, these same type of ideas, which is generally saying that the government says of any state, says that, like, publishers should have some sort of um, ability to, like, directly interact with like the tech companies this is not necessarily new like france has a similar law that is in in action and like facebook and google both are are willingly uh, adopting it and like there's other countries that are now like trying to follow suit with australia but why it's interesting and i don't want to get too sucked into the weeds of it but like part of the reason why and i would recommend like if you want to know more about this um Casey Newton, he has a newsletter called The Platformer, and he has a good rundown of like what the differences are between Australia and these other countries. But basically, it's like Australia in this case, rather than being like a neutral arbitrator of like saying like, okay, we just want to make sure there's an agreement between like the tech companies and publishers, they were saying we're gonna like come down and like make the final decision and of that about what the price is for like the news mm. and that was why little heavy companies handed. were like okay we're fucking out but what I, unintentionally is the consequence of this is that the like someone in another podcast both Jonah and i was listening to made this point for years tech companies have like done the threat have like uber has threatened to like leave countries like facebook has done it before there's always been this threat that like okay we don't really need you. We'll leave, but no one's ever done it. Facebook like called the bluff where they said like, okay, we're going to go. And we, for like just a few days, we saw what the fallout of that is. And I think it remains to be seen. Like that could have like huge consequences, right? Because now these companies who are like very powerful and like what we've talked about before in this podcast, that like there's no real antitrust measure to reel them in. They kind of have proof that like, they can like set the negotiating table and they can do whatever the fuck they want and they probably get what they want. I guarantee you that when Facebook does essentially like make their deal that they make in Australia, it's going to be good for Facebook. Yeah. Right. And like, that's the problem here is that like one, you have a power consolidation of like the people that own news and information. And two, you don't have governments that are like willing to like, like in good faith, reel them in. And so now they have, they have like, fuel to just like do whatever they want and not be held accountable and that's like a a worry for sure so to summarize it seems like we have just like we've got ourselves into a bit of a a thorny situation because like on one hand you have these like massive publishers who are not necessarily like acting in the best interests of of the general public like news corp like news corp because they're like oh you need to pay us if you're going to post our links basically on your sites and facebook's like no that's that doesn't make sense and we're not going to fucking do that. And you know, if you want, if you're going to insist, we can just scram because we can go everywhere else in the world. Right. Um, so you have like two sort of malignant actors mm-hmm. hap like, uh, you know, getting in a fight. It's like you, s- it's like, you know, you see two like scummy guys like beating each other up at, uh, outside of, in the parking lot of a CVS or something. And you're like, I'm curious what happens, but I don't really <laughs> right. know if I want any one of these dudes to win. Well, to be clear, though, I mean, and not to butt in too much, but it's, like, the general concept of, like, having these tech companies have to pay publishers for their news, I don't really think 
that's a bad idea. Like, I think that's actually probably a good idea because like I've worked in journalism and like, even if you just like consume news, you've definitely seen over the last few years, just like this race to the bottom of like being the most like hyperbolic and like, just like kind of stupid takes and shit that, which we probably contribute to. And part of that is that like, that like the business model is such that like you have to get all these clicks and that's directly. How is that going to change then if like Facebook is just paying, publishers like i i mean i optimistically it would change because like you would have more investment going towards like people who actually create journalism now the problem is right is mm. that like in this like news corp thing is that really in demand <laughs> well that's a that's a whole nother question it's like do like what's in demand right? well yeah i don't think but people really want what's what like journalists consider good journalism yeah i mean that's why it's i like, mean that's a good that's why this shit can't should not and ought not to be just left up to like the market as it were you know because yeah. people you know what people want like people like junk food you know yeah. i like junk food i mean it's a good point I mean, um, it's a good so point you can't just like rely on people to buy what's good for them um right i would say i agree and i think we're leading into like a a general question of like nationalization but like before we yeah, get there do it. do it i think like in this specific case because i think i'm willing to go there but i think it's a bit unrealistic for like the the everyday listener in this case, right, like I was saying, I'm not necessarily against, like, having publishers earn more money from distributors like Facebook and Google. But the problem with this, when you have, like, in Australia, a situation where, like, News Corp has a mon- essentially a monopoly on the press, there's absolutely no evidence that, like, when this agreement with Google is struck, that any of that money or any significant amount is actually going to go towards, like, journalists or, like, quote, good journalism. It's most likely going to go towards like the pockets of like the people in charge of like these companies, and like, what good does that do at all? You know, right? It almost seems like there's not like a a better future that can be, you know, forged out of this specific, you know, r- like locked horns of these two fucking evil <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, generally malignant forces. Like, it sounds like if we want something better to happen, we need to probably check the influence of both these like gigantic um, hegemonic news publishers and tech companies that that you know mediate uh, all of our information well they're two of the same problems in different skin skins right it's that like they're both it's they're both the consequence of this conglomeration of like consolidation of like giant industry and like that's unaccountable and like that's a that's the bigger problem that like we haven't really had any meaningful way to deal with because we're so interested in having like the next new shiny like fast thing that like we we don't really realize how much it damages us. Yeah, and 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 let, let's let, we'll, let's 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 sort of let's move on to the next thing. But I will say like I I I also think it's not so much that people are so enamored. We're not like the the you know. Have you ever did you ever read the book where the red fern grows? Sure. You know, we're not all the raccoon that's just sticking this hand into the hole with the little nails in it, and we can't let go of the shiny object and get ourselves free um you know it's not as if we just like are so enamored of this stupid dumb shit that we all are accustomed to that we refuse to have anything better i think it's because that's where the money is made there's a lot of people making a shitload of money off having us having stupid news and like very you know uh unproductive means of you know having a a fourth estate um so yeah. I don't I, I, I always bristle at the notion that people are just too dumb to like know better. Sure. Um, I do think that like people want better stuff and 
in terms of like higher quality and more even-handed journalism and i think that that's illustrated by the fact that when you ever have like these like you know like the rise of Substack and stuff right. like people you know, people will pay for that it is like a good point. if good yeah. stuff's out there people want it and they'll buy it it's just like you need to give it yeah. give them the opportunity well yeah and then i think we'll move on but you're right i mean i think that the the bright the silver lining in this is that like yeah we are starting to see with Substack and like with podcasts and other like alternative forms of media that there is like both the race to the bottom and like a smaller like market for like better shit on the horizon as well but um and you're listening to it right now yeah folks. you're listening to it um what do you say we yeah, let's take, take a, a quick break and take a uh, quick break talk about robots and then we'll talk about robots cool So, uh, I guess the next the next thing on the docket is uh, something that's has sort of been like in the f- in the ether for a long time. I mean, I remember the first I ever heard about this uh, specific uh, you know actor was probably when I was like in high school, and it was watching YouTube videos of their scary robots just like trudging through the woods and like slipping and like uh, sort of like all but screaming um uh, as they trudged across uh, you know ice cast parking lots towards us and of course i'm talking about boston dynamics nah. boston dynamics of robots um i don't know if, if 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 dear listener you're not familiar i mean this is a company that has been producing like uh, some of the most cutting edge robots in the way that they're popularly conceived uh, in the country um, for uh, unclear purposes. It's more, I feel like they're they're as far as like, they've had a YouTube channel that they've put a lot of like videos of them. Like, you know, they have like some like, you know, quadrupedal robot that's just like sort of in right in the uncanny valley like yeah. looking kind of like you want to feel pity for it but you're also disgusted by it they and got then like some some mit nerd starts hitting it with a yeah, hockey stick exactly. and you're like ah sh- should you do that that got them really famous back in the day because it was like this like sort of like dog looking creature that like the, this person would come up and just like whack it and you're like well, oh like, yeah wow. and that was like oh, what we were yeah like and it would like skitter school. skitter and like recoil like a like a like a dog or something and just like recover it had a very sort of it was indicative of 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 of, of a, an intelligence of 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 an unforgetting like an <laughs> elephant who's just like I won't I won't forget this human. In any case, so yeah, they've been sort of doing their thing for quite some time, and now they're sort of you know uh, sliding back into uh, into public consciousness with um, one of the more recent creations, which is um, I mean I think well granted this has been a little bit famous but it's sort of kind of getting into a like a a, a marketable state which right. is like their 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 spot robot it's it's the one that looks like a dog sort of yeah right? yeah yeah. it's like a small dog it's like the size of like a dachshund or probably i don't know probably like a cockapoo or or like but a, like really buff yeah like has cut <laughs> like, like really felt as cockapoo. fuck like sort of like yeah i guess like a greyhound is like a closer thing or like a yeah. a, a, a rhodesian ridgeback um and you know 
they're out in public now. Like they're being sold. They cost seventy five k. Mac, maybe we could get one for the show. Yeah, write it off on our taxes. Yeah, we'll write it off. We'll we'll both put in. Yeah, we could both like you know take a couple loans out and get one. <laughs> and then I don't know. Yeah, we could certainly write it off, and then it's free, right? That's how that works. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're back in the. N- <laughs> Back in the news, cause uh, yeah, they they they've come out with like a new version, and they're really stunning. Like they're really feeling their oats. Um, like there was a U- what w- there was a YouTube video, Mac, that uh, you were sending to me. Well, yeah. So I sent you this one. This was this was <laughs> okay. So the one I sent you was they have like a couple robots. One is Spot, is what it's called, um, which is like the dog looking one. And there's another one. And forgive me, Boston Dynamics. I forget the name, but it looks like Atlas, the big man. Oh, the big okay, Atlas, a great yeah. name. It it looks like what can you compare it to? It looks like sort of Mega Man without a head, maybe. Yeah, like, like imagine like you were like having a fitless sleep and you were in your bed and you're tossing and turning, and then you sort of like <laughs> hear like your door slam open and you're like, surely I'm dreaming. But then you like turn over and you're like, wait, I'm going to wake up any second now. And like a gigantic muscular form is stalking towards you methodically. (laughs) And it's about to rip the sheets off of your bed and drag you from that very bed screaming. And you're like, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And you don't wake up. But it's in fact a robot and its icy grip is around your throat. So that's what Atlas is like. That's what Atlas is like. And like they had this great video. This is like right around Christmas. And I think it was it was called um, (laughs) Do You Love Me? And there was this like video of Don't like, You Love Me Don't Mac? <laughs> and like one of the Atlas guys, he comes in and there's like some music. I forget what it is, but it's like dance music. It's like a nice like soul. It's like a fucking Marvin Gaye song or something. Yeah, it's, it's always, pretty sexy. It's, like it's doing its funky. thing. And like ostensibly, right, the purpose is is that like the company is showcasing how it has like balance and stuff. And like, Which how it it's, fucking like, does. I mean, this thing yeah. has got, it's, it can cut a rug. More than me, for yeah, sure. certainly more than I can. <laughs> and it's like doing its thing, dancing, and then another one comes into the fold. And like you watch this, like, it's almost like a TikTok video of like these like just meaty fucking like clearly like this is me editorializing and that's it in the background the noise yeah, here we go. yeah so he's doing like a what what would you call that dance like it's a, Dude, not it's, a two-step it's or like doing a, like it's doing the twist and shout the like twist and shout yeah it's like some sam cook some <laughs> some some you know some james brown it's got moves it's, it's got like moves, literally sure. slapping its feet it's like it's doing a whole routine. It's it's honestly very troubling to see. And what it has like what like twenty three million views or it something. It does have 20, 29 million views. But the reason why we bring it up in the future is Al, right? Is because, dear listener, you can't see this, but essentially it has an exoskeleton on its back. And oh look, in the video, Spot just came in and is doing a little uh, guest appearance on a dance too. These things are like whether it's implicitly or explicitly said. They're for fucking military use. Like this well, is the, the <laughs> this thing. Is it's like, like <laughs> there's no. It's unclear. It's like you don't know what they're for, but like they're certainly at the level that they could be used for, you know, uh, yeah, policing or anything like that. I mean, these are like highly well developed robots that can articulate themselves and in, in like uh, not verbally, but like physically. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's also the the bird one. Um, it's so it's it's it, in a way it's it's profoundly troubling. And like, here's the one thing where I'm like, okay, like if you were to say like, yo, man, like these are for these these are for ro- like this is for policing, like this is for military, like these these robots are gonna like, you know, like my dream, they're gonna come and drag you out of your bed at night. And I you very like chill out, dude. There's a lot of purposes. And like, granted, 
Boston Dynamics themselves have, have publicized a lot of reasons that these robots, um, including these very humanoid ones, um, could be useful. For instance, like disaster rescue. I mean, right. we were just talking about the fact that, you know, uh, natural disasters are, uh, you know, once in a hundred year uh, weather events are now happening three times a year. So right. maybe it's nice that we have, you know, uh, some type of automaton that can come in and extract uh nana from uh, <laughs> mima and peepa from their uh, nursing home and bring them to safety uh uh from a from a horrific weather event cool okay that's cool and break down a door in the process and break down a door yeah. and then maybe yeah and like maybe dab on them <laughs> for, for tiktok while it's happening why not i mean it's only gonna cost a few seconds why yeah. not but okay so okay so all right fine but Here's the thing. It's like there was an article that you sent to me. Um, uh, it was the Vice article, right? Right. Where right. – um, Well, the preamble to that, right, was that like well, yeah, there, there was like um, – so Spot, the dog-looking one. I th- like, Boston, bo- like Boston Dynamics, they're very good at like social media and like they've made it like very cutesy very the way they channel. present I mean, yeah. them. But so this art conglomerate – um they took right, spot right that's what it was and um they essentially they put like a fucking titman 98 like the paintball gun and attached <laughs> yeah, it they to put him a paintball gun on the back and of it. made it to where like correct me if i'm wrong but it's like people could log in and like use it to shoot this fucking dummy and essentially the whole idea was that like okay like yeah if Boston you Dynamics, the, the, the 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 viewer can like patch into our our stream and just like fire a gun on the back of this of this <laughs> robot and like deftly air hole with paintballs <laughs> like this like i believe it was in like a sort of like an art like a like a sort of an art gallery setting mm-hmm. you could just like blow things away with this paintball gun and it's just like okay if this is so easily done that like a couple of jackasses and like an art <laughs> collective can like have any old joe Schmo log on and blow stuff away like it seems like this stuff is like not that far away yeah from you know actually killing people right um well and also like the idea there right was that like it was supposed to be that counter narrative to like the way the boston dynamics makes it seem so like so innocent and pure but what's funny right is that like this was like a statement piece or whatever and then of course boston dynamics came out like hours later with a statement that was that vice article you mentioned where they were saying that like (laughs) <laughs> they were like this is a total misrepresentation yeah they're like of this like, is what 100 percent. yeah this about. is so funny because this is like okay i was feeling really chill and like kind of like guys everyone relax and then boston Dynamics was like how fucking dare you how dare you suggest that we're using these for what for how dare you put a gun on the back we were ne- we would never have thought to do that and the fact that you've done that means that you're a sicko and we and, and you know if, if you thought that we were going to do that we absolutely weren't so uh you know it's like uh maybe your like guys are being a little too mad about this yeah it's it's not exactly sign. inspiring confidence that like uh, we haven't like uncovered or like you know struck a raw nerve <laughs> it's a little troubling i have to say yeah uh, that was my takeaway from reading that too is like why do you guys care so much about what some yeah, art dudes are saying it's like yeah this really shouldn't matter i would think like i was kind of like on y'all's side as and far to, like, as uh, put more fuel to the fire like what we were mentioning before is that like this was like <laughs> like during the pandemic spot in singapore like there's great videos out which maybe we'll put in the description of like singapore spot just going out like in parks and shit and like listen i don't care what the videos show if you're just randomly at like fucking prospect park or something in new york and you're eating your sandwich and this fucking like 
militarized robo dog comes up next to you it's gonna be scary they were doing that in these parks in singapore and it was using it to do crowd disbursement for like the pandemic i mean and this thing is only the size of like a why of like oh, i was gonna say a why mariner it's much smaller in fact. <laughs> you're it's really like, trying to i know i'm like i know dog. i'm trying to i'm like <laughs> i'm just going through my whole rolodex of dog breeds i'm like what is it god damn it but yeah it's like a mid-sized dog Granted, okay, but that reminds me, like, you know, if you do see one of these things in the wild and it's just like, citizen, please uh, disperse. <laughs> citizen, I detect white claw mango in, in your hand. Like, submit yourself for processing. You you have a duty to pick it up and go throw it in the nearest body of water. Yeah, destroy it. Destroy it. Absolutely destroy it. Um, yeah, it's just weird, like, because I was, like, I was all ready to be like, guys, like, you know, what why would they need like a robot to do military stuff when like they already have like you know guys from Staten Island to do yeah. it? <laughs> Probably for a lot less money to just like go break your neck or whatever. Um, but like yeah, they're not being really chill about um, no. you know whatever um, you know whatever japes and jests that uh, some people have to offer about like their objectively kind of creepy pursuits vis-a-vis robotics. Um, and if I could just give like a little bit of factual background, because listener, you know, our mission is to educate and enlighten you on this on this podcast, not merely to, you know, keep you company and make you laugh. So um, Boston Dynamics, like what is Boston Dynamics? Um, uh, it's funny you ask. So what it started as was a, a sort of an organ of the mit robotics lab mm-hmm. in the 90s so miss uh massachusetts institute of technology very famous um tech school or uh, you know um bunch of engineers bunch of nerds bunch of nerds yeah bi- yeah big time nerds um they're doing really good work over there god bless them and great blog mit blog rocks See, I'm not a nerd, so I don't know what that is, but you can <laughs> trust Mac. Uh, in any case, in, in 1992, so uh, Boston Dynamics got spun off into its own company. Um, and at that point, um, they started doing, I think, in fact, their first contract was basically taking like Navy um like training manuals that were like VHS tapes effectively and turning them into like uh, actual vi- like uh, computer simulations in the early 90s so that like people who were being trained on like Navy hardware had a means of, uh, you know, kind of being in it more viscerally than just like watching a tape like you're like getting onboarded at Taco Bell. Right. So that was like some of their first work. After that, they started getting money from DARPA, which is the def- – I yeah, feel like we scary, owe a whole right? another episode. Just yeah, we got to DARPA. talk about DARPA. DARPA is crazy. So dude. DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, um, which is the R&D, Research and Development Arm of the Department of Defense. And so Boston Dynamics was like one of the first contractors that started getting a lot of money from them to um, come up with some, you know, fun, fun new designs, including Big Dog, uh, which was the name that they gave like one of their weird things that's like, it's like a this thing is like all right now this thing is the size of like a pony <laughs> like a Shetland pony perhaps <laughs> you know uh I don't know or maybe like a zebra okay um, but not so not a not not a Botswanan zebra I'm really more thinking of a Tanzanian zebra which, or like one that's in captivity in Texas yeah or perhaps got, like, a Texan captivity well-nourished. zebra 
Yeah, and there are so so you you also see like the stripe pattern on a Zimbabwean zebra is a little different from the Botswana in the sense that like it's white and black, white on black, whereas on the Botswana is black on white. Okay. Um. So there's a, that's a pretty important difference, and I wanted to let me sur- write that down real quick. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. listener, I would encourage you to. Yeah, you got to check this out. In any case, um, sorry, I'm getting getting, getting into my breeds again. Um, but the big dog thing is like, it's this weird thing. It has this like a very uncanny notion of like two men with legs. I encourage you to look this up on YouTube of like two guys, like carrying a piece of furniture. And then like when, <laughs> and as part of the video, uh, that you can like see on- online, like they sort of try to like kick it over on ice and it's like scrambling around like an insect and like <laughs> skittering on ice, but it like maintains its balance. It's very uncanny. I mean, it's deeply unsettling. But in, in, in any case, like if you had any doubt that like there was some something, you know, m- you know, uh, malignant afoot, you only have to watch this first video from 2010. And, and bear in mind, this shit is all happening in Boston, which is yeah. one of the darkest, one of the most evil places on Earth. So, Jonah, this is not necessarily related to Boston Dynamics, but general question, because we talked about like part of the reason why Boston Dynamics got so famous on social media was by essentially these like fucking nerds beating the shit out of robots what do you think about the idea <laughs> that's admittedly a little bit crazy, but the idea that um, you essentially reap what you sow and that AI and technology like has a memory? I do not reap what I sow. I, I actually struck, out of them. I struck a deal um, several years back. Um, I, I met, I met, I met a man named Mephistopheles at the crossroads and I said, Hey, listen, why don't you give me, why don't you give me everything I want? And I know, I know what this type of thing normally is where like you, I have to sell you my soul, but how about this? You know, I'll just do like, I'll give you like, you know, I'll just give you some pointers on how to pick up girls and you'll just <laughs> give me what I want. And he said, yes, he said, yes, dude. So, wow. so point of fact is, um, yeah, it doesn't, if you're a good negotiator, you can get anything you want from the devil when you meet him at the crossroads. Robert so Johnson was a, was a fool. To say in a different way, when, and like, God forbid, you know, hopefully it's a long time from now and we're both old and decrepit and uh, we've lived a good wholesome life. But when we do need like, I'm never going to die. And that's, yeah. Okay. So you're, you're immune from this, I'm but immortal. maybe you're from Mac when I'm like, you know, like everyone else is gone and like I'm at a, in hospice or whatever. And like, I need I'll be like, there someone to help me out um what do you think about the prospect of like one of these robots like playing that role yeah dude for sure like if i have something else to do like if i like woke (laughs) up late and i'm like i'm hungry and like you know i don't have like i forgot to get eggs so i have to go to mcdonald's but there's like a long night of the drive-thru i would totally yeah i would send one of these robots on my behalf to like come to your bedside as you're dying and be like mac uh, pre-recorded message for you from Jonah. Mick, you were my friend, and I am so sorry that you are dying. <laughs> uh, give you again my condolences. <laughs> That's totally what would happen. It's funny so, and I love you. And dude, you know I love you. Know I love so you. bad still. <laughs> yeah, there's been there were major. There was like there was a dark. There was a dark age in the middle decades. <laughs> things got really good but then like someone spilled a bunch of water on their laptop and shit got set back way (laughs) way 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 far but that'll be for a future episode in any case um um yeah i mean here's a here's a deal folks (laughs) boston dynamics 
they are developing very high-tech robots and they're going to make them seem really cute and friendly. Um, and you know what? They are. And so you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> and that's <laughs> so the future is those, wow. those are the facts. The future this time is wow. So wow. Matt, give me a high five. I hope you heard that, listener. Um, anything else to talk about? Well, with that great budding optimism, what else could I'm we I'm feeling talk about? good all yeah, of a sudden. I'm feeling real good. It's, I usually I, leave here feeling kind of bummed and like have I'm to go feeling good. drink a little bit, but no, I feel, feel good. Place to, to end so it. So we'll end it there, folks, this time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, things are only looking up. Things are only looking up. Remember, um, if you guys were listening to this point, make sure you give us a subscribe and maybe a review if you could. Um, we appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and if you uh, if you do meet the devil at a at a at a lonesome Mississippi crossroads, and he asks you um, to trade your soul, um, you can just say uh, no. Give me something, and I won't do it. And he he has to say yes because the customer is always right. All right, all right, listener. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.